The Tang Dynasty ruled China in the 7th century. A Chinese monk went on a westward journey seeking to pursue authentic Buddhism. Following an arduous 25,000-kilometer trip covering more than a hundred small kingdoms, he reached his destination, today's India. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. Previously, we've talked about the legend of merchants on the ancient Silk Road. The commercial prosperity of the road paved the way for the spread of Buddhism. In this episode, we will explore how Buddhism spread along the ancient Silk Road. The Chinese monk who traveled all the way to India became one of the most famous monks in Chinese history. He ended up translating as many as 47 different Buddhist scriptures into Chinese, an unprecedented achievement even by today's standard. Also because of him, people in a faraway region had a chance to get to know Tang China. His wisdom and charisma won him a reputation as a prophet in the birthplace of Buddhism. His name is Tsuan Sang. Hundreds of years later, his experience was romanticized by a novelist named Wu Chengen. This is how Journey to the West, one of the most influential novels in China, came into being. As a matter of fact, the story of Tsuan Tang was recorded on the walls of the Magao Caves as early as 600 years before the novel was written. Today there are six existing paintings about Tsuan Tang in Dunhuang. In these paintings, Tsuan Tang is wearing a Buddhist robe and the monkey king is leading a white horse. This was the initial inspiration for U Cheng En's creation of Journey to the West. Stories about how monks went on long journeys and spread Buddhism began to appear in the 2nd century BC. There were many disciples of Buddha in Central Asia at the time after Buddhism spread from its birthplace in India earlier. In the 1st century, monks from India and Central Asia brought Buddhism to China for the first time through the ancient Silk Road. Since the opening of the Silk Road, Dunhuang, an oasis at the time, had been serving as a transportation hub. Before moving on to China's central region, traders and Buddhist monks from the outside usually chose Dunhuang as their first stop in China. This made Dunhuang the first place in China to accommodate Buddhism. China was in the Han Dynasty at the time, and Confucianism was the only mainstream ideology. Back then, the influence of Buddhism was overall limited. The dominance of Confucianism experienced a certain period of decline after the downfall of the Han Dynasty, as China underwent a rather long period of civil war, chaos, division and political instability. Because Buddhism calls for equality, leniency and peace, it provided a kind of spiritual comfort that Chinese people needed the most at the time. Therefore, that period witnessed a significant rise of Buddhism in China. In contrast to the chaos in central China at the time, the northwestern region, where Dunhuang was located, enjoyed relative peace and stability. So the region received many refugees and migrants from central China. 
To begin with, Buddhism spread eastwards from Dunhuang to central China and then to east China. This process saw a localization of Buddhism to fit a Chinese context. Later, because of the earlier mentioned population flow from central to northwest China, Buddhism with Chinese characteristics also spread to Dunhuang. This made Dunhuang a unique place for Buddhism. After spreading to Dunhuang, Buddhism quickly became a dominant ideology there and various Buddhist temples began to sprout up. Because of the city's unique position in linking the trade between Asia and Europe, the daily lives of most residents in the city were related to trade in one way or another. They wished they could get blessings from Buddha. A painting in Magao Cave 321 has recorded a story from a classic Buddhist scripture called Precious Rain. The story is about how a business person entered a city of wisdom and accessed a collection of valuable items following an extremely difficult journey. The design of the City of Wisdom belongs to a Chinese architectural style typical of the Han and Tang dynasties. Inside the city, people of different ethnicity and race are trading with each other. A real depiction of the commercial prosperity along the ancient Silk Road in the 7th century. After Buddhism spread to northwest China, many grotto temples were built in the region. They were temples carved into rocky mountains. The geological structure of the mountains housing the Magao Caves is exactly the right type of landscape for the building of a grotto temple. There was a major river running alongside the mountains back then. The trees along the banks of the river created a very pleasant natural environment. Although the site was a serene place, it was actually not far away from downtown Dunhuang, so it was an ideal place to practice Buddhism. The cave, as an architectural form, originated from India, where Buddhism's founder Sakyamuni once placed himself inside a man-made cave as he practiced his ideology. Doing so, Sakyamuni kept himself away from the bustling towns and cities. Truth is, a cave is cool in summer and warm in winter. The building of the Magao Caves began in the 4th century. Initially, it was seen as a site to practice Buddhism, and gradually it became a place for people to seek blessing as well. Meanwhile, many caves were made in memory of certain people's good behaviours and virtue. Inside any particular cave, there's usually a painting of the person who funded the making of this cave. Alongside the painting, there's usually a carved article telling the story of this person. Magao Cave 294 has a painting of non-Chinese business people. Their facial characteristics, high nose bridge, sagging eyes and curly beard, were recorded on the walls of the cave. They remind us about the role of Dunhuang in the history of cultural exchange between the East and the West. Starting from the early Sung dynasty in the 10th century, maritime trade began to rise. The last recorded carving within the Magao Caves took place during the Yuan dynasty between the 13th and 14th century. In the 16th century, a Chinese emperor of the Ming dynasty decided to shut down Chiayu Pass, the west end of Ming-controlled territory. 
As a result, most Chinese residents outside the pass migrated to the regions inside the pass. Because the Magao caves were located outside the pass, they were abandoned and eventually became a godforsaken place. It was not until the early 20th century that the site began to attract people's attention again. Today, Dunhuang is well known for its Buddhist caves, and some paintings inside the Magao caves are more or less related to monk Xuanzong. In the autumn of 644, Monk Tsuenzong arrived at Dunhuang on his journey back to China from India. During his stay in India, he had collected a huge number of Buddhist scriptures and other relevant items. He wanted to return to meet China's emperor as quickly as he could, so his stay at Dunhuang was very short. Tsuenzong could never have imagined that some 1,200 years later, a Western explorer named Mark Oriel Stein, who practically worshipped him, followed his steps and arrived at Dunhuang as well. With some little tricks, Stein earned the trust of a Chinese Taoist priest who was guarding the Magao Caves at the time and took away numerous volumes of valuable scriptures. So what were those items stored inside the Magao Caves, and how did they end up in various parts of the world? Join us for the next episode of Why We Love Dunhuang. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and San Lian Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. See you next time on Why We Love Dunhuang.